Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills, Gilbert, right here in the GPC studios after a very interesting week, weekend of sports. Wow, a lot of stuff happened. Huh. Like the K-State basketball team, we are going to be absolutely fabulous in the first half of this podcast. We'll be okay in the second half, but we just won't finish it. Does that mean we'll lose by 25 next week? Nah, yeah, next week's podcast will stink. Just stink. But we're, but only because we're looking forward to the following podcast. We're not focused on next week at all. We're going we're gonna to talk about the, the other podcast. Weirdest thing, Bruce Weber. Who's going to score 61 points on this podcast? Weird, weird. That's what I want to know. Man, we have no one here that can be compared to Aoka Lee. No one here is that quality. What is quality is the fridge wholesale liquor. Make sure you stop into the fridge whenever you're in town. I meant to pull up the fridge's uh, social media to see what the new products are there at the fridge, Fridgeola. But uh, get into the fridge. Let me see. What what do they got going on right now? Well, I saw you retweet the Simply Lemonade thing. Oh, yeah. You're excited about that. Oh, wow. I, I saw that too. Man, fridge, you better stock up. Because Simply Lemonade is coming out with alcohol-infused drinks. I don't think there's a company that doesn't have an alcohol version of their own stuff now. Well, And if they don't, by the end of this year, they all will. Because Sonic. Sonic. Yes. Sonic. I want to try that still. Oh, man. No, thank you. But I will be getting in there to enjoy the Simply Lemonade original lemonade and strawberry lemonade flavors. Hmm. What do we got here? They fridge wholesale liquor. Uh, there's a tasting and signing uh, on Friday. On Friday for bourbon and bottle signing with Mark Nutch of Horse Soldier Bourbon right there at the fridge. I'm gonna try that wholesale. That's a cool name for bourbon, Horse Soldier. That, by the way, Gills, that's a soldier that sits on a horse. Not Why are you looking at me? Not actually a guy who's half horse like the. What is it, Geico, the motorcycle? The is fantasy. That a, is that a centaur? Is that or the fantasy football yeah, commercial? Fantasy football That would be a better name for, about? for a bourbon. Centaur bourbon. We ain't horsing around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If they have it, they'll have it at the fridge. And if they don't, go ask. first half. Oh, yeah, that's right. And one more thing. 
make sure you check out our sale that started Thursday at GoPowerCat, 60% off a new subscription. If you've been thinking about subscribing to the GPC, now is the time to do it. Go hit the green join button, take care of business. And now here is Cole Carmody with your questions from Wallbass Station. First question comes from 3G Wildcat. What are your thoughts on Aoka Lee's performance on Sunday? Oh, so I already stumbled into this. Yes. Congrats. Uh, sadly, I didn't see one minute of it. It overlapped with uh, my prior engagement to record a certain TV show, but I was tracking it. It was funny. And my actual, my last comments on the show were she's at 56 points with so many minutes left in the game. I mean, we, we didn't have a total by the end of the show. Amazing. Incredible. And, and incredible because, uh, have you ever heard of a halftime adjustment, Oklahoma women's basketball team? I mean, Iowa State adjusted when she went off in the first half. Well, she had almost 30 in that game, mm -hmm. right, in the first half. They adjusted, and somewhat K-State forgot to get her the ball. After it became more challenging, they stopped trying, and Iowa State ended up winning. This time they kept getting her the ball, and it's incredible because she's so efficient. No three-pointers, all old-school turnaround jumpers, post-up moves, free throws. She makes the most of her opportunities. She not only rarely misses, I think she shot better than 75% for the game, but um, she doesn't, like, drop the ball. She, You get her the ball, she's going to do something positive with it. it. She's really something else to watch. What's so impressive to me about watching her, and I, I probably have watched this women's team more. Well, I have watched this women's team more than I ever have, and I think a lot of that is credit to the schedule this year. The first few games of the season, you know, they're playing uh, not a very, not very, not very many good teams. Aoka Lee scores forty five points, sets a K State uh, K State record by scoring forty five points in a game. Nobody had done that before, so that takes your interest. Now, granted, it was against Central Arkansas, and Central Arkansas didn't have any bigger than six foot, I don't think, on their team, so it was a little bit huge mismatch. Aoka Lee, obviously six six. Um, but then they go down and they play NC State, who is a top five program, who's been a top five program for forever. They lose, but they played them. Then what do they do? They go on the road to South Carolina, the number one team in the country. They lose by 15, but they're playing them. They're competing with them. They're on the same court as these national powers. So that takes your interest, not only as somebody who is very close to Kansas State, but just as a women's college basketball fan i think or even a college basketball fan you see you know your your program your team is going up against these good these good teams it's going to take your interest and then they just start winning in conference play and all of a sudden they're sitting at the top of the the big 12 conference in a three-way tie and she broke the ncaa record of points in a single game it's just remarkable and it's a really good thing for k-state to have somebody like this it's incredible i wish they would have kept her in let her keep going. She had like two minutes left, right? There's like two and a half minutes yeah. still. Basically the final, what a, I guess they what, do under five timeouts mm -hmm. in fourth quarter. So not really under four minutes, but still I, plenty of game time to get, I don't know, 65, 67 points. Especially the way 80. she was going. Yeah. Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma, the team she did it against are all five and two in the conference, all nationally ranked. Interesting enough, the Two teams that are the highest ranked, Texas, where K-State plays this weekend in women's basketball. Tonight, right? Uh, no, that's right. Uh, tonight. So, yeah. Four and two, mm -hmm. or Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. We're putting this on Thursday. Um, and Baylor is three and two. The killer is one of K-State's two losses to Texas Tech, who's two and five. 
And that was a bad game. I watched bad. I watched the whole game because it was after K State beat K State men beat Texas Tech. Yeah. K State women are on the road and they just they laid an egg and I think that's what people worry about with Jeff Mitty sometimes because he's been inconsistent with mm-hmm. this time at K State. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they were able to bounce back and then beat KU the, that Wednesday and then they beat another really good Oklahoma team on Sunday was really it really helped their cause and. People, and I don't know if this is a way over-exaggeration or not, but, I mean, this could be the first time that K-State has a legitimate chance to make a run in any kind of tournament, make a run at any kind of national championship since when? Uh, Football in 2000 hmm. or around that 2012. time? 2012. 2012, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, K-State fans, if you're not paying attention, it's probably time to pay attention because something special yeah. is going on here. Yeah, and uh, at least through part of the day on Thursday, the specials will still be in place. If you're interested in going to women's game, They've dropped all available seats for the rest of the season to a buck. It's great. If you're a family, you want to get out and take your kids to Bramlage, that's a perfect reason to do it. And I believe the rest of this season and all of next season is $61 for a seat. That's pretty damn good. Not bad at all. So check that out if you're interested in going to any women's games. Next question comes from I Like Pickles Cat. Whose number gets retired first? Aoka Lee. Jacob Pullen or other? It's got to be Aokuli, right? First? No. I. They do. The, she's a no, senior next right. year. Well, They're going to do it in the. Yeah. That's how they do they it. They put her number up in the rafters while she's playing? Final game. They've done that in the past with women. That, so they've always done yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. They, they have different. It's kind of up to the programs and men's. They want to wait a little bit, which I think is ideal. But it's not like you're going to wait five years in the Oakley and go, yeah, maybe she doesn't belong. Yeah, she's an absolute no-brainer. So I'd put I her up. I'd easier. put her up tomorrow. Next home game, I'd put her up if that was realistic. Yeah, but that's just not how you do it. But she absolutely has earned it at this point. She can do nothing else in K-State basketball history, and she deserves to be there. Yeah, they're overdue for men's retirements. They've got two players that. You know, or kind of overlap into Nichols' gym. That's how far back it goes. Two All-Americans on Final Four teams that aren't in the rafters. they got to fix this. We're so bad with our own history. I, that was the best thing to come out of Saturday was the honoring of of the guys who broke the color barrier by both schools. And shout out to K-Ned for pushing that because that was one of the things he was proposing, and they did it. It was great. It was nice. I just, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to Ryan when this is going on, and I wish they would have done that. When he was still around. Oh, absolutely. As great as that was, as great as everything was, as Harold Robinson was at the game when they honored him, correct? I believe he he's still he's still alive, right? I don't right? remember that. No, he's not alive. No. He's not. Okay, well, it was it was His somebody. Family. It was another one of the family. Trailblazers. It was another one of the Trailblazers yeah. in case they had honored who was at the game. And I was like, that is cool that he is still around to see and that. that's K-Ned's argument is right. these guys are, they're leaving us. We, we should honor them when they're alive, not gone. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. To answer this question, though, I'm going to throw a, I'm going to throw a wrench in here and say that I think there's a chance Jacob Poland is the first this gets it before Aokali, even if she plays her last game next season. And by that I mean if there is a new basketball coach for Kansas State, maybe one with connections to Jacob Poland. I don't think there's any way that that doesn't happen. Well, he made it very clear when we spoke to him when he was back, what, two years ago, three years ago, that he wants Frank there. I think Frank will be freed up at the end of this season, Well, unfortunately for Frank. (laughs) But, yeah, unless he hops on to another gig right away, I think he'll probably be out at South Carolina. 
maybe that'll come to pass where they can or get that done. Big 12 SEC Challenge. That's what I've been mm, saying. Just do cool. it during the Big 12 that's, SEC Challenge. That's what K-State needs to do is once a year, it doesn't matter wh- who the opponent is, make sure it's televised on ESPN or ESPN2, whatever. Bring one of your past grades in so then use that something to talk about. Talk about good times in the program, especially right now. You need to be talking about some good times in the program. But you should have been doing this for forever. KU, I feel like they add somebody up every year. Yeah. I feel like they do it every they K State has such a backlog of old players that they can put up there that are deserving, that deserve to be up there, that they could probably do one one a year for the rest of time. And that might not even be enough. Is is zero the same as double zero? Like can somebody wear From zero at the same time on the same team? Like yes. can Jacob if Jacob Pullen and Mike McGrill right. were on the same roster, no. You no. have you can okay. only have one sort of zero but if they want zero is equal to zero nobody's worn zero since jacob poland played here right willie okay that's it <laughs> that's it <laughs> i don't think anybody will ever wear zero again and they should just retire the jersey i can't uh, not in basketball i can't stand that willie guys get such a big head yeah <sighs> human arms howie shannon and rick Harmon are not in the rafters they're both all americans Shannon was 47-48, Harmon 46-50. And on top of that, you got Ed Neely and Steve Henson, which are no-brainers probably. Um, And then you get into the modern era of, you know, Jake and, yeah, Michael Beasley belongs up there. He was an absolute... Change of program. Change of program. He was incredible. He was the best high school, or excuse me, college freshman I've ever seen play. And he was in the league at the same time as... Griffin and Durant, so it was pretty damn good. I'd put Cartier and Rod up. Certainly something about Barry probably needs to be up there. Oh, Barry, Dean, both. Barry and Dean. Probably Kamal. I would. I, would, I don't I think they'd come out. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually not as hard into leaning towards Dean as Barry. I think Barry's a no-brainer. Dean, Dean's college was so disrupted by injuries, it's, it's hard to put him up based on what he's doing in the NBA now. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's not really relevant. Yeah. But they earned it. They earned the spot. Yeah. That's, what, that's, my, right. that's my theory on Cartier, Rod. Hey, they earned, they played good enough basketball to earn them a spot. Yes, they got better later on, but they're playing in the league. Just to confirm, they played in the league. not Cartier Jada. Cartier Martin, excuse me. Yes. Sorry about that. Mr. Martin. Yes, and then put a big statue of Tex and Jack Gardner and Cotton Fitzsimmons and Jack Hartman and Lon Kruger. And it's just amazing the the trail of coaches this program's had and how they don't really talk about it. I mean, I think the, the court should be named the cradle of coaches and then list their names on the court. List them. I mean, and Dana probably might be a Hall of Fame guy for what he's done. Yeah, he kind of ran out of K-State. Not to mention the fact that Bob Huggins made a stop here. It's it's the history of coaching at K-State. It's absolutely incredible. Next question from Woodstock Cat. Have we had a question from Woodstock Cat yeah. recently? Maybe not recently, but we, we've got a whole bunch of new people that ask questions. We'll get to them. But yes, Woodstock Cat is Dude. is here. I'm wondering if he was at Woodstock. Dude. He should let us know. Uh, yeah, let I us know. I feel like we should have just an overtime of just 
people telling us why they picked their name. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I was there. Woodstock Cat wants to know, it won't happen, but if fans attended the women's basketball games at a higher rate than the men this year, would that send a clear signal to athletics director Gene Taylor? Oh, I mean, you, it's about revenue, not attendance. I mean, if it's a dollar a ticket, I mean, how can you compare that to paying $10 to go to a men's game? Uh, um, I I think it'll say a lot about the state of the women's program if people start really attending, but I don't think it really reflects on the men's program. Yet, th- those are different things. I know someone said they should have let Aoka in to break the ski at Jones's 62. To me, these are different sports. They really are. Completely different. They, they are. I mean, they're played differently. They're played with a different ball that, you know, it. it they're different sports. I don't like comparing across men's and women's basketball because they're played so differently. So here's my thought on this, and you guys may differ, but I think there is some sort of a, some sort of an overlap just because it lets Gene Taylor know that fans are invested in the university. If there is something going on, they will show up because you look at the attendance for women's basketball earlier in the year, and it was how women's basketball is always – how it's always been. But you go to that game against Oklahoma, you go to that game – look at the student section against Kansas. I mean it was like better than any other men's game except for the men's Kansas game. I mean it was incredible. I think that it just says that people care so much about this university and they want them to succeed so much that when any sort of positive momentum is happening in any sport, if this were happened, if baseball has a good season, it wouldn't shock me if Toynton sells out. Anything that happens where K-Staters can cheer for their team and know that they're going to be successful, they're going to show up. I think that's the message that it sends to Gene Taylor. Not that people are scared to come back or people just, you know, viewing habits have changed. Like, no, people want to support a winning program. People yeah. want to watch a team True. win. So if they're winning, they're going to go. We've yeah. seen it in baseball. We've seen it in volleyball. If it's a spectator sport in case state gets good, people show up. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, I think it, I think it does send a clear signal to Gene Taylor. K-State fans want to watch good basketball, and it doesn't matter who's playing it. Or Does it say K-State on the jersey? Are they good? K-State fans will go. And you should go. If you want to support your university, you should go and watch the women. And if you're tired of watching men's basketball, go watch the women. It's as simple as that. Yep. All right, Gills, I want to ask you this question because your family is K-State fans, right? hmm So if K-State women continue on this trend... Do you think that your family, will the average K-State fan that doesn't live in Manhattan, because you're from Kansas City, start paying attention to the women's team? If they are in the NCAA tournament, do you think that you will get texts from your dad or from your mom, or from your stepdad that said, hey, you watching this women's game? Or do you think no. that it's such a regionalized and I don't want to use the word towny thing, but because it doesn't have the outreach that men's basketball does, do you think that maybe some people will start to pay attention that aren't in Manhattan? I don't want to be rude, but I don't think there will ever come a day where my mom or dad care about women's basketball. If you're just asking about my family, I don't I, know if there's anything. I, for I think, I think true. If you want to fan base, if you want to talk about general fan base, I think it takes K State getting into the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. before fans truly start paying attention. You know, if they get, it wouldn't surprise me if they got a high enough seed that they hosted. And maybe, you know, you could still be under, you know, between five and eight seed and still pick up a host depending on who, who gets drawn against considering how they hosted when Stanford 
you know, had Cirque de Soleil or whatever. They had something booked in the arena. So I don't think it's out of the question. If K-State fans show up, you know, the rest of the season and they're able to to get a host and, you know, maybe they can win a couple games and get to the Sweet 16. But, you know, going back to to the question, sending a clear signal to Gene Taylor, I think it's a clear signal that Jeff Mitty probably gets an extension. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he's probably close to if he's not at the end of his contract this year, he's certainly close to the end. So I think that, you know, Aoka Lee and if the rest of the the team can put together some wins because they're tied for first. They start a, three freshmen. They're in a three three way tie for first. And if they're starting three freshmen with two all American, two McDonald's all Americans incoming next year, next year's class. I mean, and what's incredible K-State is women's basketball is going to be good. Is the best recruit to come out of Kansas in many years <laughs> yeah. went to Iowa State. Yeah. So they could have even had a, a better team. It, it still breaks my heart. I, I, I wonder what K-State women would be like with Emily Ryan. Would they have the same freshman they have now? I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, next question. This is a very interesting name. From Jason Brown for KU. Nice. New to the podcast. So welcome aboard Jason Brown for KU. Break down what went wrong in the last five minutes of the KU game. Didn't value possessions. I mean, we can talk about rebounding, but that wasn't unique to the last five minutes. That was from the very start of that game. K-State wasn't rebounding. They weren't. They were just being out athletic. I mean, KU's very athletic. They were getting to a higher point in the getting rebounds, but there was some want to also. But in the last five minutes, when did Selton Miguel take his two free three-pointers in the game? In the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. That's not valuing possession. Now, granted, one of them was at the end of the shot clock, but there were steps that got the ball in his hands in the last few seconds of a shot clock. So, yeah, they just – they didn't take good shots. They came down the court down by one and an opportunity to – Take the ball to the hole, and Nigel pulled up from 25, 30 feet. It's not valuing a possession at all. It's one of the things that has bothered me. They don't seem possession-focused. They're always focused on big-picture things. And for Bill Self, it is about that possession. He's a coach, whether you like him or not, I don't give a crap. He's a coach that can... Leverage about four points a game coming out of the huddle. Why does KU win all the close games? They get all the calls. It helps if you're in a close game and your coach is designing at least two plays a game out of a huddle that gets you a hoop or gets you a stop or, you know, throws the other team off. If a coach can get his team out of a huddle and they can win one more possession than they would have, that's all it takes sometimes. And that's all it would have taken on Saturday against Kansas if they had taken one better shot and found a way to get the ball to the rim and score. I don't know if you're going to get a foul called, but if they'd done that, they would have won. And they didn't value those possessions at all. They just don't. They go through long periods of, we're going to throw it up here. We're going to see what if anything sticks. Let's go. We're hitting a bunch of three-pointers. Let's keep shooting them. And that's not how the game works. To me, it really felt like they knew that they were playing Kansas. It felt like, oh, crap, we're playing KU. We're K-State. This is not supposed to happen. We're up by all these points. Here comes KU because I'm just going to say this. KU's not that good. They're number five in the country, but I don't know if they're actually the number five team in the country because 
They had a, should have lost to K-State. They should have lost at home to Texas Tech. And like you just mentioned, they didn't. They won. But talent-wise, they're not the number. They're not the fifth most talented team in the country. I really don't believe so. What was Remy Martin thinking going to KU? What were the Big 12 voters thinking putting well, him as player of the year? Well, he – yeah, I mean, I understand he's a really good player, but if you knew anything about basketball, you're like, oh, this, the well, the stuff he does isn't going to work with self, and it doesn't. It, it he was awful against K State. He Terrible. was chucking up mm-hmm. horrible shots. So, yeah, I mean, if he was playing up to what he can play, I, I think Kansas is really good, but it just doesn't fit the system at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit what the coach wants, and he's finding out one thing. Remy, you might have been king crap at Arizona State, but you ain't crap at KU. You don't get to push back on Bill Self. You play his style. I mean, one of the things I love about Bill Self is he helps guys get to the league but doesn't do it at the cost of the team. You know, this is how we're going to play, and if you don't want to play this way, you ain't going to play. I think another thing that we haven't talked about is that as much as we can talk about KU's talent, there's no denying the talent of Ochai Abaji. No, he's special. He was on another level. There's no other way to describe it. He got the ball, and you knew he was going to score. It didn't matter who, who he was going against. He could have been going against LeBron James that day. He was going to score because he was, on, he was on a different planet, just like Nigel Pack was, right? It was Pack versus Abaji. And to me, I know K-State lost, but... It was a really fun basketball game to watch because there was so much drama and it was so cool to see everyone back in Bramlage after everything that was happened um, with reduced capacity, with COVID, with as awful as the team's been the last two and a half years. To see people back in the arena was really cool. I know it wasn't full, but I think another thing that we talk about is what went wrong in the last five minutes. Well, Ochai Abaji, who's going to be probably the Naismith player of the year if he keeps this up. He happened in the last five minutes. He happened on Monday, too. I mean, the three-pointer he hit to take it to second overtime was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's special. K-State in the last five minutes of that KU game didn't try to win. They just didn't try to lose. Yeah, They, they didn't were, want to let the lead slip away. Yeah, and that's they were where trying not to trouble. lose. And, yeah, they got in big trouble. So you guys nailed it on the head. But I would also add that Mike McGraw was on the bench for most of that latter part of the second half. When you can sense that meltdown coming, you get your senior, I don't know if he's the leader, but the guy that's been there before that's been in this rivalry that can kind of stop the bleeding, that's the only thing that I would critique from Weber. you got to have McGurl on the court there. And he'll go get you a rebound, too. Mm-hmm. He'll fight you. <laughs> Rebounds were killer. Horrible. Last question of the first half comes from the play hard chart another <laughs> new person on the podcast so welcome aboard we're just hitting it out of the park with these names what a great day this is great um if you were bruce what move moves would you make to improve the team's ability to win close games well number one i i don't think k-state's good out of huddles they you you see turnovers you see a lot of things it's not always true but um yeah i, I mean i just think as a coach, you can do more in the moment. X's and O's. But I don't – I mean, they just don't have enough good players. What are we talking about here? Bruce Weber is a great coach in preparing a team. I don't think he's particularly great on game day. If the game plan works, it works. Um, but what happened? KU came out, adjusted, changed how they're defending. A lot of box and one, a triangle and two. And I don't think K-State ever counter-adjusted in the second half of that game. 
So, you know, we talk a lot about Bruce Weber overcoaching, blah, 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 constant on the sideline, just constant, constant. But he also has this instinct to just let him play at times when, no, they need guidance. And that happens at the end of the clock a lot. We'll just, we want to drive down and, and get a shot. I think a lot of that's a function of him knowing, well, there's nothing I'm going to draw up over here that's going to help him any more than then just going and attacking the rim. And it bothers me. It does. This would be really unfair to Ish Masood because he left Wake Forest because he didn't want to play the five spot. Davion Bradford is not the answer. I love Easy Agu, but he's well, not Davion. a power five center, and Lingard still you know, hasn't had much practice. So I'm, I'm playing Lingard. Lingard? I'm playing Lingard a lot. I have no right problem now. with that. I'd have, rather have him over Bradford or Eziegu. And granted, he's going to get pushed around a little bit, but those guys ain't rebounding. They're big and strong. They ain't rebounding. And you know what else they're not doing? They're not scoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eziegu's missing free throws left and right right now, and they, he used to be really good at the line. Those guys are so out of sync, it's awful. I would be playing Lingard quite a bit. I think that's going to happen. I think we saw a little bit of that in the Baylor game. That was maybe my only takeaway is – at what Lingard checked in within the first five minutes of the game, I think. That was a little surprising, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I know. You game too. Yeah, and Davion said that, or excuse me, uh, Davion was hurt. They said he was doubtful. He needed a plane. Checked three minutes into the game. He comes here. He comes. So yeah, that was interesting. But I think to answer this question, you've got to just stick with the guys you know can get the job done. And right now, without Selton Miguel, that's. Nigel Pack, Marquise Noel, Mark Smith, Mike McGurl, and throw out whoever else you want to throw in there. Those are the top four guys that need to be in the game at any given moment. And I know that it's playing really small, but those four guys need to be in the basketball game. They just have to be in the basketball game. Ron Gilbert, what would you do with Logan Landers? <sighs> Hindsight's twenty twenty, but he should have redshirted this season. I mean, Bruce Weber's mentioned that that was kind of always the plan. He was a twenty twenty two recruit so we should have still been in his final year of high school so hindsight's 2020 but you know he's he's a step behind and he's he's even further behind than Lingard and I love Landers in his future but but right now he's just not strong enough and athletic enough to play in in the Big 12 I think it's unfortunate that they don't have a forgiveness level in basketball like they do football football you essentially get to play a third of the regular season Mm -hmm. and basketball that translates to 10 games I mean why don't they have a even a six or eight game threshold to say, well, you can play in the non-con games and you can see what you got. And then the coach knows and he's shut him down or, or keep playing him or, or in this day of COVID let him play and maintain his red shirt. If they need the players to get by, you should be able to play a, a red shirt for X number of games and not be just shorthanded. Now, I don't know that Maximus would be anywhere near ready to play, but if you only got seven guys, maybe you need to run them out there just for two minutes to spell someone. I wish the NCAA would look at that. I really do. That it? That's it for the first half. That was brilliant, guys. We kept it right around 30 minutes because this is the long-winded podcast. I'm going to change this from questions to long-winded. And I know that because I talk a lot. We're sponsored by The Fridge. They're not long-winded. They sell delicious alcohol products. We'll be back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor at the corner of Claflin and Westport in Manhattan, right across from a taco place. That'll ring your stomach like a bell. Sure. Right right across there. Get into the fridge. Hey, you know what? Uh, after Saturday's game, I uh, I went to Aggieville, grab a beer with some buddies, and uh, the wife Uber took me past uh, the fridge on the way down. It was hopping. For some reason, and I don't know why, people wanted to drink after that game. I got my liquor from the fridge on Saturday night. And let's just say I didn't want to touch it on Sunday. Mm, mm, so that means good. it was good. From So thank you. Very Fridge. thorough. Very thorough. Hey, everyone, if you've been thinking about subscribing to GoPowerCat.com, now is the perfect time because as of today, Thursday, as we put this up on the website, we have 60% off at GoPowerCat.com. Make sure you hit the green subscribe button or join button. That's right. And join. It's a great offer. I think you'll enjoy the product. Save the best stuff for the VIP. I know a lot of you are enjoying some of the free stuff we do, but a lot of the best stuff, most of the best stuff is behind the paywall for our subscribers. <clears throat> but even if you can't subscribe, we appreciate you supporting Go Cat. Support our YouTube channel. Come on over and um, you know just interact with us and make sure you're reading all the free content. But 60% off. It's hard to beat that. So make sure you join 24-7 Sports. And if you're a non-K-State fan and enjoys the podcast, we have some of those, make sure you join your school's 24-7 site. Second half of the questions, here's Cole. From Dur, yeah. Why do KU fans act like this isn't a rivalry yet take to social media bragging about the win afterwards? I should have had Ryan read this question. I don't I I know I I don't know I know It doesn't make any sense Does it? No. You guys care too much About us We won We won Yeah Look at us Because you care about us That's the thing They just They 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 like to pretend That nobody cares about them But they love When people care about them But it's and social media Let's not get this twisted this is all social media. The question asked yet take to social media. I don't think that the normal KU alum, the normal KU fan just doesn't think that K-State's a rivalry. 
They they hate K State. Oh yeah. They don't. They they know acknowledge the fact that it is a rivalry, but it's this thing on social media. It's the in thing to act like that. Oh, it doesn't matter. But then to say, oh well, yeah, you, you suck. That's why we say it doesn't matter is because it doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter to us because we always beat you. That's that's their thinking. I would imagine, but normal people aren't like that. That's my rant. I feel like normal people kind of like that because they they don't care about football. Until it matters, they're like, "See, we don't even, we didn't even try. You're all, uh, you're all happy because you try hard. We didn't even try. Like that's, I feel like that's where weird. That's where the attitude comes from. It's like, yeah, we got beat by seventy by K State in football. Well, that's good. We we don't even try it. Look, look at our stadium. We don't even try. We have a track. So don't when when we parked in, um, I think it was somewhere around Rossville. I parked. For the game, <laughs> um, it's a whole different rant. But anyhow, um, I'm walking in. Had to walk in through the the concourse of the east side because we were parked on the other side of construction. And I'm walking next to some KU fans, and I wanted so badly to say, "Look at that." Those are bathrooms. It's indoor plumbing at a football stadium. <laughs> Just so badly. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Do you remember when we were leaving the booth, as it's affectionately, as affectionately known as? In when the did Lawrence? that become a thing? I don't was know. that like this year? I, I, don't, I think it was a Lance Leipold thing, honestly. Either way, okay. we're, we're leaving and we're getting in the elevator, coming down. And you know how it has to stop at the suite levels. Okay? Yeah. And there's those women and... I would assume it was their husbands, get into the elevator and they go, oh, the boys tried so hard. At least basketball starts next week. But they tried so hard. I mean, like, that's the definition of the rivalry. We joke about it. I can't believe that's an actual conversation that you heard, Cole. We were all in the elevator, though. (laughs) You were with me. We we talk about K-State a lot. And this is – well, let me say this. Dark, deep family secret. I have KU people in my family. Oh, boy. I know. Mm. I know. My dad was born in Oklahoma. There's a lot of sketchy stuff going on here. Um, so I have a little bit better understanding. But actually, to ask me to figure out the psyche of a Kansas fan is about the same is asking me about the mating habits of an African rhino. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on here. I have no idea. But the biggest difference that I can point out is K-State fans care about K-State sports. You know, you want to bring up tennis or soccer, though, you know, equestrian, uh-huh. you know, but like we said earlier, if you are winning in baseball or volleyball or women's basketball, men's basketball, people show up. They will show up in great numbers. And KU only really cares about one sport. They just The reason they're bad in football is you don't want to be good. You just don't. You, it's almost like they literally don't want to be good in football. It would be nice if they would be more competitive, but we don't want this like distracting us from basketball. It's just it's a totally different society in terms of being a fan. And I'm going to take it a step further and say that K-State people care about the players that play for their team. That is what makes K-State special is they care about the kids. In Lawrence, I, I, they don't they can't care about them because they stay for, you know, traditionally 2-3 years and they're gone. 
that's why the guys that stick around for four years kind of stand out so much. Right. Or in Periolis's situation, <laughs> 17 years. Michelet foot. Well, that's why it seems so long because it's so rare at a school yeah. like that. Yeah. So I think that K-State people care more about their teams and they care more about their players. I would be interested to see when Mitch Lightfoot's done, how many different teammates he had in his five years at Kansas. Is he there this year? Yeah. Yeah. Because he redshirted last year? Yeah, he redshirted last year. Two years ago. Or two years ago. This is his sixth year, I believe. Because he had his COVID year. And his redshirt year was. And he had to sit out a year because he transferred too. I would love to see how many players he's played with over the course of his career. Yeah. How many guys are in the league? Yeah. <laughs> My final all-star team. Argument. K-State fans graduated from K-State. What percentage of KU fans actually got a degree from KU? Well, it's, it is a different thing. You do see more Johnson County bandwagon. Mm-hmm. It's the cool thing. It gets back to my argument. Why? Kansas City I, needs an NBA team. Kansas City needs an NBA team. All those fans would be gone. Hmm. I mean, if you're a wealthy K-Stater, put an NBA team in. <laughs> Kansas City. I mean, seriously, all those, yeah, all the Chiefs players, yeah. Sporting KC players, no Royals NBA players, team, so they go and watch KU basketball. Right. They're all KU it basketball gets... fans. Travis Kelsey is a KU basketball fan. Exactly. That's why I hate the Chiefs now. <laughs> <laughs> get a hockey team and get a basketball team. Put them in the T-Mobile Center. It doesn't even look good for basketball anymore because Las Vegas is throwing everything at the NBA. Seattle's going to get a team. Yeah. And it looks like the other one's going to be Las Vegas now. So it doesn't even look like they're going to get an NBA team in Kansas City. Hmm. It's unbelievable. Well, next question comes from the Play Hard chart once again. Mm. After the Honus announcement, not Drew Honus, Will Honus. Keep that. Two, two distinctions. Drew Honus, the one. It's kind of confusing yeah. for me. Are they related? Are they related? I don't think so. I was wondering that, but we'll have to we might have to check on that. Um, after the Will Honus announcement, do you expect any other transfer portal additions during the late signing period? Uh, but Probably. The signing period right doesn't now? matter. The, the signing period doesn't matter doesn't. for transfers. I expect more before next season. Yes. But as I've mentioned, they're in a real bind with scholarships. They've set a couple aside. They've used them. They probably have a couple more set aside for specific needs. If the right guy came along, they want a running back. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But we're going to see them go through spring football and more scholarships will open. There will be a whole other surge of transfer portal entries after spring football takes place for all schools. As they get if you're like a fourth year guy and you realize, oh, this freshman they brought in is actually really good and the coaches love him, I'm not gonna play much. You'll see another group of guys. But they have to clarify their own scholarship situation. And honestly, they got a clean house with some guys that are on scholarship that aren't gonna play very much. And we'll see if they can do that and how many scholarships they can free up. Yeah, I I think we're going to have a piece coming out here on on the site soon about talking about Sean Robinson the other transfer who's enrolled now safety from Missouri safety from Missouri former quarterback along with Will Honus and and we talk a little bit about um maybe that you know this topic in particular but yeah, I I don't think they'll add anybody before spring ball just because classes are what 2 weeks old now. One week old? Don't look at me. I don't know. I don't know. I've been going for a while. I, I I think that it's really hard for anybody to come in right now and be ready for spring football. So yeah, I wouldn't say before spring practice. I would not expect anybody to anybody else to come in. But you're right, Fitz. After spring practice, there's going to be guys that say, "I'm never touching the field. I am going to be a fourth year scout team scholarship player, and that is not what I want to do." So they're going to leave, and then you're going to have guys in that exact same situation from other schools. And they're going to come in. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they'll have anybody else um, 
in this period, but I bet they get another three or four maybe guys in the summertime. I think they'd want them if they could. Yeah. Them. Yeah. I and, and I think the holes that they're looking at, you know, your receiver, you're probably looking at maybe an offensive lineman. They don't need to get linebacker now. If Honus is healthy, I don't think they need to get another linebacker. And they maybe need to get somebody else in the secondary. But other than that, I mean, they're they're pretty much – they like the guys that they have, I think. That's the vibe I'm getting. I get anyway. Agreed. Next question from underscore S-E-K, cat underscore – I would assume that's southeastern Kansas cat. That's a, a very good guess, I think. Yeah, I, I would assume so. Uh, new, so welcome to the – podcast once again this is the newbie the newbie podcast a lot of new ones i even think i might have missed a couple so ask more questions uh they want to know could we mark up the honus transfer to coach Kleiman, kate warner or adrian martinez or is this just a product of an in-state kid who wanted to actually win some football games and go to a bowl game and does this mean a pipeline is forming okay well first you know we talk about the scholarship limits the reason he's a walk-on is because of that. Yeah, literally. I mean, they're not saying you're not good enough to be on scholarship. They're saying, can you come walk on for spring and he will be on scholarship by the fall. I mean, I'd be stunned if he's not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a nice pickup. It's a, it, Look, he's not going to be a star, he's, but you needed the depth at linebacker and you got it. So I think that, I mean, I think that was so important to find another guy that can be in the – rotation out there at linebacker and they did it they found someone i I'm still a little disappointed he didn't choose here first as you as you know he was on k-state's radar and jumped on nebraska the grass isn't always greener it really isn't and you know that's just something unfortunately a lot of kansas kids are finding out that they can go off to minnesota or nebraska or wherever but Coming home is meaningful, and I wish more kids would realize it from the start. I would think that this would be more of a product of him wanting to be closer to home. Yeah. Everything that we've heard is that he's still trying to recover from his injury. He'll be ready to go by the season. I'm not sure about spring ball. I would assume he would be okay because he hurt it. He was injured last spring and had to miss yeah. all of the season this year. So I think there's a chance he's ready to go, but I just don't know how many teams were willing to take on that risk. And it just provides him a better opportunity to get on the field some more. And he's closer to home. So I think you factor all that in. That's probably the main reason why he chose Casey. And we left someone off the list of possible reasons. Noah Johnson. Because remember when we were talking to Cade Warner, uh, Noah said, I'd met Cade because I'm good friends with Drew Honus. We played Juco football together. Will, Will Honus. Yes. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I would have done it if you hadn't mentioned it. Uh, Will Honus. Uh, and I met Cade when I was up in Lincoln. I was like, huh. oh. So maybe. You know, I, I'm really surprised they haven't gotten more transfers from Nebraska, to be real honest. Guys that just know that what they've been through up there hasn't been worth it, and they want to come down and, and win some games and go to a bowl. And it sounds ludicrous to say that. Nebraska can sit there and say we're back this year, and they should be, but they've been saying that, and it hasn't happened. Play for a better coach. Yeah. That, at the oh, end yeah. of the day, yeah. that's true, too. I mean, Chris Kleiman is a better coach than Scott Frost. I don't even think there's a comparison right now. I right know. Um, Scott Frost continually gets more talent recruiting-wise and does nothing, and Kleiman is starting to get that talent in. I saw somebody just posted on our boards, is this the first time that K-State's had like four four-star 
players on their roster, not necessarily choosing K-State out of high school, but One on their roster. Yeah. I think it's a great question. I think we need to ask Ryan Walsh that question because it's a very valid point. But, yeah, I, I think that I'm still waiting for my Nebraska uh, – or, excuse me, my Big Ten receiver. I think I said something like it wouldn't surprise me if a Big Ten receiver mm-hmm. comes to K-State. I'm still not going to be surprised if that happens. I'm still waiting for it. But, uh, yeah, I do think that there's a possibility that more Nebraska guys come down to K-State. Maybe not necessarily this year, but just in general, especially if the, pro- the direction of the programs continue the way they are. Yep. And and plus, Nebraska has overlapped in recruiting with North Dakota State. So I'm I'm guessing a lot of those kids are familiar with Chris Kleiman. They just are. Next question from Imarika. What does it take? Did I say that right? Why are you laughing, Ryan? I thought it was Imarika. Imarika. That's why I pronounced it. Imarika. Imarika. America. Imarika. Are you sure it's not like Ima Costa Rica? No. We can ask said individual. Okay. Sorry for laughing. For next I wasn't time. trying to be rude. That's, That's okay. all right. You it's can okay. always laugh at Cole. It's okay. No. I, I, I agree with Gills's take okay. on the name Let's read. Let's just laugh. Ha ha, Cole. <laughs> from Imarica. <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to say it. From Imarica, right? I think so. Okay. Sure. That's better. What does, it we'll take, what does it take for Deuce Vaughn to jump onto the Heisman shortlist in 2022? He's already short, so. <laughs> oh, boy. <Yeah. laughs> He's probably the, the shortest guy on the list. Um, Might as well be at this point. I think he'll be there as a junior. I mean, and and plus, I, I think he needs to put up more just flat-out rushing numbers. The, the Heisman is just so weird. It's so quarterback-driven now. I hate that about it. But we've seen a receiver win it recently, and, I mean, it just – shows the change in football that running backs aren't as visible on the Heisman list the radar nearly as much as they used to be it used to be a running back award well I I think his needs just more raw rushing numbers but he needs to have all of his numbers way up there he's pretty nope no this is gonna sound really bad no pun intended he's very it's very easy to overlook Deuce Vaughn <laughs> just simply for the fact that he's a running back and he plays at Kansas State like it's hard to get noticed when you play for a team that is not an Alabama, is not a Clemson, is not an Oklahoma. Or at the very least winning a lot. Like Pittsburgh. They had a great season this year. Kenny Pickett was a Heisman finalist, mm-hmm. but he's a quarterback. Right. I think there's a better chance that Adrian Martinez gets on a Heisman shortlist in 2022 than Deuce Vaughn. Whoa. That's, no, that's actually an interesting point. And, and you talk to people, they're like, he really does have the tools to be on a Heisman list. And yep. if he can cut down on his interceptions and complete more passes and have Deuce Vaughn helping him out, I I don't think you're off base at all right there. Now, do I think he will? No. He's got enough problems with his game that he needs to work out. But Adrian Martinez comes into K-State, and all of a sudden this is a 10-2 and two program next year. Yeah, someone's going to be up there. Maybe both will be discussed. I don't know. It's it, it's fun to talk about. I think Deuce has to have a hundred yards every game, and probably needs to have twenty four touchdowns by the end of the season. Total touchdowns. Total total touchdowns. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think there's a better chance that Deuce Vaughn were say Skylar Thompson was coming back for a year. I think that Deuce Vaughn would have a better chance than Skylar Thompson, but because Adrian Martinez again played at Nebraska. No matter what we can sit here and talk about Nebraska. He's very visible. He is very visible. He's been in the spotlight for four years now. 
and there's going to be a story. He's transferring. He's coming to K-State. He has all these tools. If K-State, you're right, if K-State wins games and they're in the Big 12 title contention, he'll be more talked about as a Heisman contender than Deuce Vaughn, even if Deuce Vaughn has a better season than he did this year. That's just my opinion on it. Did, real quick, did you guys see who else was listed on the Caesars Sportsbook mm-hmm. Heisman contender list? Yeah. Ryan, you saw this? Rubley, right? Yep. Jake Rubley. What? He was the very last one, but yeah. On what? The Caesars Sportsbook Heisman odds. Jake Rubley was listed with what? How many other players? Like on a graphic that was tweeted? Or was this like yeah, this in was... the, within the app? Like within the app and he was just at the very bottom at like... No, it was a graphic. It was a graphic? Yeah. Yeah. It was like an actual ticket. It was a ticket. I'm pretty sure it was a ticket. Was it? Because it's one, it's one thing to be put on one of those little fancy graphics like Sportsline puts out saying, hey, here's the odds for Heisman. Here's Deuce Vaughn at plus, I'm I don't know. I'm sure it was legit. It was extremely plus legit. Plus 5,000. And it's another thing to go to the casino and say, hey, I want Jake Rubley, K-State. What are the odds? And they're like, I Ooh. guess we can give you plus 100,000. Sure. He was what, 201? Ah, something like that. You know? Yeah. That's- but he was listed. Those those odds aren't those odds aren't long enough. Yeah, there's there's a couple missing zeros on. This. Yeah, I didn't get that, but I mean, I thought I was just like, okay, what what are we looking at here? He's two hundred and one to start a game at K State next year. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, yeah. he's the third quarterback if he's lucky. All right. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised you guys didn't see that. If he wins the Heisman, I hope somebody clips this part of the podcast and just dunks on us because we all deserve it because you saw it coming and we didn't <laughs> well vegas saw it coming not but me I, vegas no they didn't they didn't they saw a dollar and we're like yeah we can give you some long odds but apparently not long enough <laughs> 200 to one yep vegas guys, said hey we got to make some money off this stupid bet yeah call me crazy felix and Adike uzama has the best chance to win the heisman for k-state not a defender. Mm. Uh, it's fun. To, hey, it's it's fun. It's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about. Notre Dame was undefeated in 2012. I don't think K State's going to be undefeated. What if in he gets like six sacks a game? 2022 linebackers different than defensive end. I I don't think that he's super far off base because well I just don't the the, the nature of the game and it starts with the NFL sacks. Yeah, those guys coming off the edge, edge rushers are marquee high-value type guys. Mm -hmm. But as we just learned from the Baseball Hall of Fame voting, those of us voting on things like this aren't always the smartest monkeys in the monkey parade. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I I don't see it happening. Well, first of all, he won't get votes because you've got to spell the name on the ballot. (laughs) And a lot of the media is like, "Uh, I'm still using my typewriter. So I don't know. Terrell Suggs has the NCAA record for sacks in a season with 24. I don't think he averages two a game. Uh, If Felix is close to that, he'll be up there. He fell off. He fell off after the TCU game because he got double teamed. People paid attention to him. I think it's hard to do that. It's hard to do it as a defensive end because you can defend that easier. If he was a linebacker, Maybe, but Manti Teo was a linebacker. So yeah. I think if you're going to be a defend, yeah. defender, either you got to be like an insane quarterback. Like who, who's the uh, Cowboys? Diggs. Cowboys guy that made. Diggs. It was Diggs yeah. that had all the interceptions. Let's get Riley on here. Yeah, get Riley on. Ooh. I actually do. I just think I think defensive end, if you're going to look at somebody who's going to be a defensive player to win the Heisman, I do think it'll be a defensive end just because of how valued sacks are mm-hmm. in today's game of football. Like, I don't think that that's that crazy. And quite honestly, 
We're sitting here talking about Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez for the Heisman. I'm just talking about I, Deuce Vaughn now. Let's wrap it up. Deuce Vaughn is the only person on K-State's roster that deserves or will be in Heisman consideration for 2022. Vegas disagrees with you. <laughs> Jake Rubley. <laughs> the gambling public disagrees with me, which apparently is just Ryan Gilbert at this point in time. Hello. The last question of the podcast comes from Euler Cat 2. With 13 seconds left in the Chiefs and Bills game, how did you feel? Oh, it was over. I tweeted it was over. Look, 13 seconds. In my brain, it was like you got to have the Bills blow blow coverage to score a touchdown. You know, something goes horribly wrong, but the Bills have a great defense. I forgot to calculate in the greatest offensive mind in the NFL is apparently Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, he told... Tyreek Hill, exactly what to do on the play that they the first play they ran, which is a beautiful play. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to sit back there in an umbrella? We're going to run two guys, and we're essentially throwing a screen, but it's downfield, and those guys aren't going to engage blocks until the ball's caught. And and I almost wonder if it's not a matter of Tyreek has to tell them go. Yeah, you know. And then he doesn't. They don't run the pass pattern as designed by the play. Hey, that guy, that corner's kind of sitting outside. And if I take him, it's like, do it, Kels, do it. Yeah. I'm just going to go what? wherever, man. <laughs> I mean, you got the quarterback just literally like in a, in a parking lot. Do it, Kels, do it. And he does it. And he did. And the thing about it was he took it straight up field, got down, got the timeout. They did all that with 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three to kick the field goal. They Holy did it with room for error. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it was, um, um, when they scored the touchdown, I was like, well, this is over. But also I was like, well, there's 13 seconds left. If they let it go out, they're going to start at the 25. Got to be perfect for two plays. Yeah. I did, and I was like, and if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be exactly. Patrick Mahomes. Well, and here's exactly. the thing is, you know, Chris Collinsworth and others said they should have squib kicked. They should have done it. Well, the fact that Byron Pringle's back there probably scared him too. Because that guy can house it to you on you. And they probably felt like with our defense, we've got a better chance of stopping this than a random play on special teams that they could break. The ball could bounce right to him, you know, and off he goes. So I I, I don't fault them for – it's 13 seconds for God's sakes. Yeah. There's no excuse to let them get in field goal range. I got to give TikTok – a lot of credit here because the algorithm has me nailed so much that I have been getting Bill's Mafia TikToks <laughs> of people celebrating the win with 13 seconds left. And then, like, there's Did you see the, the one? I think it was in Miami. They were in some club and they had confetti. I saw that. Yeah. Confetti and they were popping it off. And it was just like, oh no. <laughs> Before I answer this question, I want to know how you were feeling, Ryan. With 13 seconds left, I was ecstatic with my Buffalo Bills plus one and a half bet. Mm. And then that went wow. down the hill fast. Mm. It was a roller coaster of emotions, for sure. It was the greatest football game. Because it's not seen. just about the last 13 seconds. It was the last, what, two and a half minutes? Mm-hmm. Or oh. It was less than that, right? It was under two the two-minute warning. Two yeah. minutes. Yeah. What was crazy. Mahomes' stats from the two-minute warning on were nine of nine for 177 yards or something. Crazy. I, I was I was watching those 13 seconds as like a player or a coach, and so in my mind I'm like, okay, well they got to do this and they got to do this. If they do this, they're gonna have a chance. As opposed to 
the fan in me was like, there's absolutely no way in heck anything is ever going to materialize out of this. But it did, and you're right. That was the greatest football game I watched, and I'm so happy that I could be a fan in that game instead of somebody covering it because as I texted you guys, there was a clip of some KC Media members who are lifelong Chiefs fans. They could not react. And I felt their pain, mm-hmm. but I could only imagine what I would have done if I was in that situation. People don't understand. There's no cheering in the press box. And it's bad form to wear, wear colors or logo in the press box. They do it all over the SEC. I love it when K-State plays a purple team because I wore a purple polo to the bowl game because LSU was purple. It didn't matter. But um, it's, it's hard. But you, you learn – to kind of divest yourself, you can control it. You got to, you're there to do a job, and you're you're not supposed to be emotional. You're supposed to be trying to think clearly, and it's not easy. But I have to say this: I will take that every day over being a fan and going through what I went through on <laughs> Sunday. It was so it was too traumatic and stressful. No, God, it was awful. I mean, oh, even, it's awful. Even if you're in the press box for that game, even if you're like a neutral, like national writer, surely you're reacting and making noise because the game is yeah. just yeah. that wild. Like, it's not like that press box was completely silent. They were all in awe of what was happening yeah. before them. Didn't matter what team you covered or what team you may have cheered for your whole life. That was an incredible football game. The quietest I've ever heard a press box was. Um, in 2003 at Arrowhead when Oklahoma was the greatest team in the history of college football, and then K-State just absolutely started whooping some ass. And not only did all the Oklahoma riders just kind of slowly evaporate into mist, all the national riders who had been predicting an ass-kicking, Stuart Mandel, um, just kind of shut up and went about their business. It was so funny. The only noise was them calling their editors to figure out what, what now? What happens now? What happens now? Because there wasn't so much information on the internet. You know, you kind of had to do your own math. Now everyone's got the codes cracked, and here's what the rankings are going to look like, or the the uh, BCS, whatever it was. Those was the BCS. Yeah. yeah. You know how we sit there and we hear the coach's reaction because the coach's box is next to us, the visiting coach's box? Mm-hmm. I could have paid so much money to hear what was going on in the Buffalo Bills coaching press box when they let two plays and the Chiefs get in field goal range. I could only imagine. They're probably yelling like. as the plays, like right like right as the snap's happening, they're probably yelling, no. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The design of those two plays was absolutely incredible because basically they threw the ball to the same point on the field both times, just different plays because they knew that was the gap. If you line up with – these receivers over here, it pulls a linebacker over and just opens up that bubble, which they thought was enough, but it wasn't. Incredible. Absolutely I think, incredible. I think the Chiefs easily win the Super Bowl. Me too. I, I think they just played the best team. The Bills are really freaking mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's awesome. I don't think next yeah. week's game is going to be particularly close, and I don't think it matters who wins between the 49ers and Rams. That's an intriguing Super Bowl, though, assuming KC wins. Because, Cole, you were talking about this. You got a rematch between Mahomes and Jimmy G, or you've got Stafford in his first ever you know, tournament run. Second home Super Bowl in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. So there's intrigue no matter what. Yeah. But the Bengals, I don't think they stand a chance. No. I think now they're – it's funny how things work out. Folks, this is, this is a metaphor for life. You thought it was so awful that you lost at Cincinnati, you lost the home field, 
And here we are. <laughs> a few weeks later, you got the home field back because, as it turns out, you don't want that bye. That'll be the last year we have one team getting a bye. I guarantee it. They're going to go to eight playoff teams or back to six. They're not going to do this again. Um, and getting the bye turned out to be a bad thing for whatever reason. And now you're damn happy that the Chiefs are focused on the Bengals with getting even on the plate. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. I'll probably be here watching it all unfold on my television. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Make sure you take advantage of our 60% off sale at gopowercat.com as we move closer to the spring signing period opening up in the first Wednesday in February. Zach, what is that? The second, third, fourth? The second. Second? Of February. Is a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. One of my new favorite country artists is in town on the third. So I'm going to that. Excited. I'm excited that this is over and so are the listeners. We'll talk to you later. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.